Joined now by Robert Smith. He is calling the action, doing the color commentary on Sunday for Fox of the Texans and the Colts. Robert, it's great to be with you. What are your early impressions of this Houston Texans football team after seeing really tape of a 25-9 loss and then perhaps some preseason film? What are you thinking so far? Well, honestly, you can see the difference. I mean, we were there a year ago. We saw a couple of the games last season. And it seems like a completely different attitude, completely, you know, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And obviously that's where uh, D'Amico earned his stripes right there in town on the defensive side of the ball. So you knew when he came in that uh, he was going to bring in a completely different mentality. Now, it certainly helps uh, to have a guy like Will Anderson coming off of the edge. Uh, But you can just tell the way that they're playing. They're moving around a lot. And I know that he brought in Matt Burke as his defensive coordinator and they're doing a nice job of changing pictures for the quarterback pre-snap and post-snap. So playing with a lot more aggression, made some plays, obviously the interception by Nelson in that game against Lamar. Uh, so doing some good things over there. Offensively, it all starts up front. It doesn't matter how many fancy toys an offense has. If you can't protect the quarterback, then you're going to struggle. If you can't open up lanes in the running game, you're going to struggle. Uh, and, and we all see, saw what uh, Damian was able to do last year coming in as a rookie uh, and running with a lot of intensity. With all that shuffling, when I think you're down to the third center now, had all the problems at, uh, at tackle last week with Fant going out as well. Uh, just all kinds of issues. Uh, so hopefully some of those guys will get back and get healthy uh, this week against a, a, a very solid Colts front. You brought up Will Anderson Jr. first. He's got a lot of folks around here excited. What we saw last Sunday is really a lot of what we saw in the preseason games, what we saw every day during training camp, what we saw at Alabama. I mean, it's early, I know, but it looks like a really nice marriage of the physical traits that he has along with relentlessness. I know we're one game in, but goodness gracious, is that what you're seeing along those same lines? Yeah, you, you actually stole my thunder on that one. Uh, you know, you combine his natural athletic ability, his athleticism, the flexibility, the ability to bend off of the edge uh, with his top end speed, his power. Uh, but you you said it, being relentless, that motor, you know, you could see it when he ran down plays a week ago for some tackles. He gets blocked on the interior uh, and, and just turns and runs uh, and closes and he's going to surprise a lot of people. <laughs> you know, there are certain assumptions that uh, quarterbacks and running backs make about the speed of defensive linemen when they're calculating uh, the, the, the needed speed to escape. And Will Anderson kind of changes that. Guys like that, guys that big aren't supposed to run like that. They're not supposed to bend like that. But, yeah, you combine that with the mentality that he has and clearly a guy that wants to get better, that's going to learn more about playing the position, coming up with second and third moves to beat offensive linemen on pass rush. He's he's going to be a force for years to come. We're on with Robert Smith, talking about the Texans, talking about the Colts. I'm using air quotes right now, but had Will Anderson Jr. been playing against a mere mortal at quarterback and not a Lamar Jackson, what's his stat line look like? Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a, good, that's a good question. I have to go back and analyze it play by play. <laughs> Yeah, he's, I mean, Lamar is, it doesn't get any easier this week, right? Right. (laughs) You're going against a pretty good athletic quarterback this week as well. So 
you know, Anthony Richardson, it presents maybe a slightly different challenge in that uh, not only is he hard to catch, but he can be hard to bring down as well. He's a, he's a big load of muscle, but Will Anderson is as well. So it's going to be fun to watch. And, you know, it's, it's, it's great for us because now in the first two weeks of the season, we had Bryce Young in the first week uh, in Atlanta. Uh, and now uh, we're going to get the uh, we're going to get the second, third, and fourth picks uh, of the NFL draft. So it just what an amazing start uh, for the season. An honor to be calling these games. Yeah, what's the snapshot early on about these rookie quarterbacks that you're seeing? Where does C.J. Stroud sort of shake? And I know it's so early. We got to wait a long, long time before that before we get you know to to judging and all that and rankings and all that stuff. But early on, what do you think of CJ Stroud? He threw the ball a lot on Sunday and he didn't throw an interception. I know that's a small moral victory, but they want to win games. They want to get, get victories and all that stuff on the, on the real side of things. Yeah. And he was lucky not to throw an interception. He threw that ball. <laughs> he, he was uh, uh, moving to his left, did a nice job of escaping the rush on that play, but a poor decision throwing that ball, kind of lofting it up into a, a pool of defenders. I know he wants to make plays, but yeah, man, I, I you know, I saw his very first snaps in the preseason. I uh, thought he was a little bit hesitant, a uh, little bit reluctant to pull the trigger. Uh, and, and you could just see it. He was just a little bit uneasy. And what I saw last week uh, in, in that game against Baltimore, I, I just a completely different guy. You could see it already. For a first NFL start as well, you know, and and what really stood out to me was his understanding of what it takes to complete passes in the NFL. It's a very it's a very steep learning curve normally, but for him, watching him from that first snap into what I saw in that game against Baltimore, where he's throwing balls into zone windows before the receiver has gotten to the window, and he is throwing the ball two wide receivers before they get out of their break in man-to-man coverage, which is what you have to do in the NFL. If you wait until wide receivers are open to throw them the ball, conventionally open, you're usually throwing it to the other team. So throwing with anticipation, understanding the timing required, and then delivering with the the, uh, right amount of velocity uh, and with accuracy uh, in, in the timing of the play was really impressive. So I think He's he's definitely got all the tools, but more importantly, understands what it takes to play the position at this level. You're one of the greatest Buckeyes ever. He's one of the greatest Buckeyes ever. When was he first on your radar? And do you have any fun little anecdotes that you heard about him early on since you are kind of piped in in that regard? No, I can't really say that I had any anecdotes. Yeah, I remember his his first starts uh, in college as well. I think the first one was against Minnesota and the second one was against Oregon. And, you know, it's funny, somewhat similar to seeing his very quick uh, path of, of growth, making the adjustment from high school to college, just seeing the same thing in, in, from college to pro, just with a limited number of stamps in the preseason, uh, you could tell that he's progressed very well and very quickly. So he's gotten a lot more comfortable, it's clear. I'm looking forward to talking to him and, and kind of hear him talk through what that process has been like because uh clearly at both levels he's uh had an accelerated uh, path to grow damian pierce what do you think of him tough sunday first time out this last weekend but we saw what he did last year as a rookie yeah and i think you know it, it all starts with a guy that understands how to play the position from a track standpoint track meaning 
where you need to take your steps, how you need to press the line of scrimmage, but how at times, and we saw this a lot from Damian Pierce, it's be your own blocker. Unfortunately, I'm sure for Texans fans, it's been the case too often that it hasn't been wide open for him. And a couple of games that we called, he never really had a chance to break free. But what he does is runs with a level of intensity, uh, runs with the right pad level, uh, runs with the right amount of leg churn. And you combine that with the uh, initial track, so being disciplined on the right path from the beginning, whether it's inside zone, outside zone, uh, gap scheme runs. He's very good with that. But then also showing patience, pressing the line of scrimmage, getting defenders to flow. Uh, so he's got all of those all of those uh, requisite skills. It's, again, just guys up front doing their job. And I'm not trying to blast the offensive line, uh, but any running back or quarterback will tell you uh, we're not getting it done without the big men up front. Robert Smith joins us now. He's going to be the color commentator on Fox this Sunday when the Texans host the Colts. Who are two players that you really have your eyes on and really want to see a little bit more of this week? Well, on the defensive side of the ball, it's going to have to be Denzel Perryman. You know, I think going against a guy like Anthony Richardson, you know, it's, it's funny because, I, I, you know, you, you do a lot of different things defensively when you have quarterbacks like that. And, and you know, everybody talks about rush lane discipline, but it really takes linebacker level a lot of times uh, to, to be playing well and, and disciplined. And, it, you know, it's funny. I, I've heard defensive coordinators talk about this. You say, yeah, you know, we're going to have a spy. We're going to have a spy. You have to be really careful about, you know, who you use as a spy. Uh, that player's got to have the intelligence to, to, uh, to track, to uh, see how that quarterback is getting through their reads, whether it looks like they're going to take off. But then the athleticism uh, to close and make the play. So uh, I think that'll be important. And then I, you know, I want to see more of Tank Dell too. I know that we uh, all do. You're getting yeah. line, man. Yeah, you know, and he, I, I, you know, I could see that he started to get involved in the offense a little bit later. And clearly, CJ got a good relationship with him, and they they understand how, or CJ understands how Tank likes to break out of routes, and they they do that very well because he he hit him on a couple of those comeback throws before he was out of his break. And, you know, I had a chance to, we called the Houston UTSA game first week of September. So mm -hmm. watched a lot of film from Houston a year ago and and, and could see Tank play then. So yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, on the offensive side, him work his way because, you know, with uncertainty still on the offensive line and, uh, you know, who's going to be playing or uh, how healthy those guys are. You get that ball in space to a guy like Tank Dell, and, and he can uh, he can certainly help you with some run after the catch. All right, we got to wrap things up. We've got two questions off topic from this game. An original Texan, 2002, linebacker Kylie Wong was once a teammate of yours <laughs> with the Vikings. Got a good laugh there. He's a unique individual, but he talks a lot, and we've talked with him a lot over the years, and every single time we discuss with him, it always comes up, the 1998 Vikings – and how yeah. he was a rookie on that team and how he, the games went. And he remembers turning to his friends and thinking, man, the NFL is pretty easy. <laughs> and he said he was in for a lot of life lessons after that. What are your recollections of Kylie and that season that you guys went through, which is one of the greatest of all time? Uh, you know, it's it, it's funny. Uh, Kylie, honestly, like one of, and I'm not saying this because you're asking the question about him, but honestly, one of the most genuine and nicest and funny people 
that I've ever met. So it was, it was a pleasure having Kylie on the team, but you know, he's right about that season. It was just unusual uh, kind of the way that the stars aligned. I remember the 97 offense that we had was tremendous. We had uh, some good receivers as it was with Chris Carter and, and Jake Reed and Andrew Glover, the, the tight end. So we, we had some weapons already. And then I remember, you know, we would sit around and watch ESPN in between meetings and we would see the highlights and see the film of Randy tearing things up in Marshall. And I remember, you know, because of some of the off-field issues that he fell all the way to us at 21. And I just thought to myself, this is going to be crazy once <laughs> once he gets in here. So the offensive side of the ball, you know, we were really tearing things up defensively. You know, those guys were making a lot of plays, getting us the ball back. And I think part of the reason that, you know, they're part of the reason that we were able to score at the time, which was a record number of offensive points, because the defense would, would get some turnovers for us as well. So, yeah, everything was clicking. Obviously, we didn't didn't close the deal, but it was a pretty special year to be a part of. Okay, final thing. I did not know this about you. I thought I knew pretty much most of the, the Reader's Digest version of who Robert Smith was, but astronomy, you're into that? Absolutely. Okay, so that. how amped up? You're, you live in the Dallas area. How amped up are you for April 8th, 2024, the solar eclipse? That's supposedly one of the best places to see it. Yeah, so I flew down to Australia in 2002 to see a total solar eclipse. I saw one when I was a kid up in Cleveland. It must have been about 81 or 82. But now it's, you know, astronomy, is, it's, it's a borderline obsession. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would call it a hobby, but it's a borderline obsession. Yeah, I mean, I got involved with uh, the telescopes. It's funny, I, you know, I grew up, I grew up loving astronomy and just kind of reading about it. And uh, I was fishing on a lake in Minnesota when I was a rookie. This is probably four or five months after I got drafted. So it was probably August or September. And I remember looking up at a first quarter moon, which is, you know, half of the moon illuminated. And I'm on the lake and I'm like, oh, man, I can afford a telescope now. And I drove to the mall <laughs> and got a telescope and uh, got, they call it aperture fever. You know, you want to get bigger and bigger telescopes. And so now I, I've got a, it's a 14 inch uh, computerized telescope and you don't even need to aim it at the different objects in the sky. You just push them in on the, uh, on the keypad and it, it moves to the object and stays with it as the earth rotates. But yeah, I'm, I couldn't be more excited. I was almost, I almost took the kids to a total solar eclipse. It must've been like six years ago. I think it was 2016, but that one was, we would have had to go like up to Oregon or something like that. So I can't wait to see it. There's a lot of things about it that people don't quite understand because it's the moon and it looks like the moon's just kind of sitting there during the night. But if you watch it, you know, close to other stars, you can see that the moon's actually moving very fast. It's moving faster than a, than a speeding bullet, quite literally, more than 2000 miles an hour. And so when that shadow is hitting the earth, you're talking about a column of cold air, a gigantic shadow moving at more than 2000 miles an hour across the face of the earth. So you can hear it, you can feel it. And of course, when the sun is completely blocked out and it's, and it's almost like nighttime, you know, I was in the outback, so there are all kinds of nocturnal animals coming out and it just, it's incredible. And there are a lot of other, a lot of other facts that uh, we could be talking about here. I'll, I'll, I'll end, I'll end with, uh, with this one. The earth is about uh, 8,000 miles in diameter. The sun's about 800,000 miles in diameter. You can fit 1 million 
Earth's inside of the sun, you could fit about 50 moons inside of the Earth. So you could fit about 50 million moons inside of the sun. But by cosmic coincidence that will end in the next million millions of years, the moon happens to be just far enough from the Earth and the sun happens to be just far uh, away from the sun that when the moon is in front of the sun, almost always it blocks it out. Now, sometimes the moon's a little bit further away in its orbit and it doesn't block it out completely. But fortunately for us, when that happens this time, the moon will be close enough to the Earth and it will completely block out the sun. That's why it'll be a total solar eclipse. Love it. Robert Smith calling the game on Sunday on Fox Sports. Hey, I hope we get to do this again this season because we got to get into to lesson two of astronomy with you. And uh, <laughs> we'll talk a little football as well. And I'll, I'll ring up Kylie Wong and get some more Robert Smith stories going. So. <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> All right, Robert, have a great call, and we will see you on Sunday. All right, sounds good. 